The Near Futurist, a podcast with Guy Clapperton. Hello, and thanks for downloading The Near Futurist, a show presented by me, Guy Clapperton. Episode 11 already for those who are counting. This episode, we're looking into the future of accountancy, but first, a little bit about who you're listening to. I'm a technology journalist with 30 years experience. You might have heard me or seen me on the BBC occasionally, read some of my books, or seen me in the Guardian, Intelligent Sourcing Magazine, and elsewhere. Do please have a look at my website at nearfuturist.co.uk, where you'll find more episodes and information on what we're about. If you'd like to book me as a speaker or a moderator of your technology event, do have a look and get in touch with my agent, whose details are of course on the site, or drop me an email. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please do consider leaving a review on the iTunes store or wherever you download from. It's how you make a show like this grow. That's more than enough about me. My guest today is arguably the UK's leading accountancy futurist. For over 10 years, he has consistently been one of the top-ranked online influencers of accountants in the UK. He is a qualified chartered accountant in his own right. He's been a partner in some of the largest firms of the industry, but now spends his time speaking, writing, and mentoring accountants. He's also a magician and treasurer of the Magic Circle. So with a magic puff of smoke here, he is Mark Lee. (laughs) Hi, Guy. Hi, Mark. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Feeble joke to start us off. I'm sure you've heard many more like it, but let's address that elephant in the room. Tell me about magic and how you got into it. Well, it was a a way of trying to get the girls when I was a young teenager. Did it work? No. Right, okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Just in case his wife's listening, that's absolutely fine. You you did that as a professional? Was that your first choice? No, I started as a children's party entertainer, and uh, at the age of 16, I said, I decided, told my parents that I decided that's what I wanted to be when I grew up as a profession and they wisely were unimpressed and sent me to see a friend of theirs who was an accountant who helped me to appreciate that I was unlikely to make the living I aspired to as a magician and entertainer. Okay, so accounting can sound pretty dry, particularly in contrast to a life like that. So how did you get into it? How do you qualify? How does one become an accountant? Well, that accountant impressed me with his uh, numeracy and I realised it was a way in which I could help people. Right. And after I qualified as a chartered accountant, and indeed many people are unaware that anyone could call themselves an accountant, mm. it's not like the law or medicine or veterinary science where you have to be qualified in order to take that professional title. So anyone could call themselves an accountant. There's about a dozen professional accounting bodies in the UK. Uh, I belong to arguably the most prestigious, the in- Institute of Chartered Accountants. It's just in, a splash of local colour. We're actually in the premises now, which is why there's a little bit of background noise. We are indeed. Yep. Uh, I sit on the, in the Institute's members and commercial board as well. So I'm a very proud member of the ICAW. Uh, some very tough exams, which I took a, a long time ago. And once I'd qualified... Was decimalisation difficult for you? <laughs> no, it was just after. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't that long after that, actually. forget when that was. But when I qualified, the, the idea of becoming an accountant was the world would be my oyster. I right. could choose what I would do from a... It would be a great business qualification, as indeed it still is. More of that later, I suspect. But how can I help people most as an accountant? Well, in those days, I realised the best way would be to help them with their tax. Mm-hmm. So I became a specialist tax advisor, which I did for, for many years, and was headhunted. I was chairman of the tax faculty of the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales, and enjoyed the prestige of being a high-profile tax advisor until I was made redundant for the second time, having been a partner in large firms, including BDO. And I realised that actually what I was enjoying wasn't the tax. It was the communicating complex concepts in ways that clients and colleagues could best understand and that perhaps 
perhaps I should focus the rest of my career on doing what I really enjoyed, which was the speaking, writing and mentoring. Now this is where my next question was going to go, of course. You've moved, and we know each other through the Professional Speaking Association, uh, which we're both fellows, and you know, you've moved substantially into the mentoring and speaking role. Now that sounds easy on paper, I bet it's not. How do you actually move aside and start speaking to accountants when you were among their body? It was partly that I'd been training accountants and speaking at accountants conferences and events for, for many years. As I say, it was deciding to focus on what I was enjoying doing yeah. more so than, than the tax advice. So, so I was being invited to speak at events and conferences for accountants and realised I found that there continued to be a market for me to speak at events for accountants. I migrated away from tax. So I remember the last tax talk I gave, I realised that although I knew more about the subject than anybody else in the audience, mm -hmm. when the questions came up, I was guessing as to the answers because they went just beyond what I knew I knew about. And as soon as I realised I was being tempted to answer technical questions that I wasn't 100% sure of the answers, I said no more tax talks. I started doing talks on how to avoid professional negligence claims, and that migrated into talking about the future, which I've now been doing for, for quite some years. I would have thought accounting would change. Uh, as and when legislation changes. So uh, perhaps there's a change in flat rate uh, VAT as there was a couple of years ago. So accounting obviously changes. Uh, you know, how is the profession changing? What's changing in the near future? The big change in the immediate future is the introduction of making tax digital for VAT purposes. And that will extend, depending upon when and how Brexit happens, to income tax and corporation tax as well. It's a technical change. There have been many such big developments in the accountancy world over the course of my career. The introduction of the self-assessment tax system mm. just over 20 years ago was the biggest, and then the abolition of the small company audit. These are things that change what accountants do for, for yeah. their clients. We've also seen, of course, and it hasn't just impacted accountants, the introduction of, if I think back to when 30 years ago, we didn't have email, we didn't have spreadsheets, we didn't have the internet huge developments which have impacted how accountants do their work those developments along with many others have made life easier for accountants in some respects and made it easier to provide a wider range of services however the bulk of the work that accountants in practice do is still still tends to revolve around helping clients complete tax returns and file annual accounts. Yes, I was going to ask about that because you mentioned things like spreadsheets and also that there are such things as uh, cloud account uh, accounts packages, uh, which are certainly small traders like me have taken great advantage of. I'm wondering whether that works in my advantage because, of course, I don't have to get my accountant to do so much because it does an awful lot in the background. And I know that it's building in areas of artificial intelligence, all sorts of things on the fly without me really realizing it. But isn't that actually directly contrary to the interest of accountants who would much rather I came to them and handed all my receipts? over and then they charge a fortune to do everything. <laughs> there's two schools of thought here. The first is there's a lot of accountants who do feel threatened because the bulk of their work comes from people who feel they need help to comply with their legal annual compliance obligations to report tax and accounting information and to file their data and they feel they can't do it themselves. Cloud accounting software packages are making it easier. Most people still need an accountant, but mm. perhaps less involvement, as you say, than they did previously. 
which allows accountants, this is the way I like to, to look at it, allows accountants to focus on doing what they trained to do, which was to give business advice. I said earlier, yeah. I went into accountancy to help clients and because it was a business advisory skill I was developing. Not to sit around, and not that it's something I did for a long time, but not to sit around compiling bits of paper and filing tax returns and preparing sets of accounts. I suppose the other thing is that this has uh, all happened, the cloud accounting, the, uh, the changes we just discussed, at the same time as a massive boom in self-employment, gig economy, whatever. Yeah, I don't mean gig economy as in uh, the, uh, the negative side. I mean, people like me who have chosen to do it so that, uh, you know, it it's a way of managing the workload from the accountancy point of view as well. It's, it's very true. It is also important to remember that there's two types of accountants when people talk about the future for accountancy. On the one hand, we talk about accountants in practice, the sort of people we've just been talking yep. about. But if you look at almost any report about robots replacing accountants or taking their jobs, when you look at the underlying data of those reports, invariably they're referencing in-house finance teams, mm. the accountants, bookkeepers, ledger clerks or whatever, who are working in businesses whose roles are being replaced and will be replaced over a relatively short period of time now. So this is, as I understand it, I do write quite a lot about uh, robotics. This is obviously software robots. I did speak to a consultant once who kept getting asked whether the robots had to have arms long enough to reach the keyboard from the desk, which is uh, you know, perhaps a rather naive view that uh, is uh, fading away. So these software robots, which are now sort of processing data a little more, uh, taking the, the, the raw information, that's the low-level stuff. If you want to become a senior accountant over time and you're in your, say, your 20 years old now and about to sort of go into this stuff. Where do you get the low-level experience in order to start building towards that career? I think there's a huge challenge there, and it's one of the questions I ask the professional bodies when I talk to them about the future. The syllabus, the examination syllabus, is evolving. Years ago, the uh, exam syllabus at my institute would have a major overhaul every six years. Now it's reviewed every six months mm. because things are changing very quickly. The underlying work, the background knowledge and information that a 20-something trainee would need now is very different to what they would have needed five years ago and very different to what they will get in five years' time. There is still plenty of opportunity to do what you might refer to as the, the low-level work, understanding how the numbers are put together. It's getting much simpler, and although more established accountants, if you like, like me, still think in terms of what we used to call T-accounts and double-entry bookkeeping, we're going to see at some stage in the future, not round the corner, it's not in the near future, the introduction of blockchain technology, which surprisingly introduces the concept of triple-entry accounting, yep. which is really scary for accountants brought up on this idea of double-entry. Now, it's interesting you mentioned blockchain because I've, that, that seems to be quite controversial. I know a lot of tech journalists who, of course, are not users of this technology. We're commentators. I do accept that. We take one look at the blockchain concept and the word hype just keeps coming up. Yep. And they start to worry that uh, people are over speaking this, it's a, it's a fad or whatever like that. But you do get people thinking this is just a fad, it's just a phase. There is an awful lot of hype about cloud, about robotics and, thing, and that sort of thing. Do you have the opportunity as a commentator who's also a practitioner, does it cut through that? Uh, totally. I, one of the words on my business card, besides futurist and influencer, speaker and mentor, is debunker. Yep. And I one of the reasons it's there is because I love debunking the hype and misconceptions and misunderstandings around what accountants do, how accountants operate, but also about what's coming in the future and how soon it's likely to impact accountants. Because 
blockchain technology, which has been spoken about for, for some years, mining new coins, Bitcoin, which is only part of the blockchain, yes, obviously, yeah, yeah. one approach to using it is slowing down because of the uh, computing power that it requires. The whole concept of blockchain will evolve and will impact what accountants do, how accountants do it. The auditing, which is these days only necessary for larger companies and charities and whatever, honestly, because once all the underlying transactions are being recorded on the blockchain, the need for assurance and clarification that everybody's got the same data will change. So the way that audits are conducted will evolve. Is that going to impact the majority of audits in the next five years? No. Mm. At some stage, with blockchain, I'd say the impact is going to be felt within the next five to 20 years. Most of the hype around blockchain and other technological changes and developments for accountants isn't going to have a major impact within the next two to three years. So in terms of the client market, who are these changes in the future going to affect? Uh, I mean, obviously the um, making tax digital will affect us all eventually, I, I would imagine. But, uh, you know, this automation, all that sort of stuff, the blockchain stuff, where are the impacts going to be felt first, do you think? Well, the, the major impact will be felt by the, those accountants in practice who are having to struggle to generate more business to replace the compliance work that disappears or reduces. Because you alluded to the fact earlier that running your own business, you need less input from an accountant. Once you've been set up effectively in the cloud, you've got real-time data, real-time information, probably automatic bank feeds updating your accounting yes. system, the facility to capture receipts on your mobile device, and maybe even to generate invoices in real-time on a mobile device. Much simpler, faster and easier than ever before. The data is all collated in real time. So what the accountant needs to do is less involved, takes less time, and they can probably charge lower fees or will be required to charge lower fees for that service. So accountants will have a choice to either look at generating far more clients for whom they are charging lower fees. That means retaining and building, developing more relationships with more people. Bit of a challenge for some accountants, but I think most will overcome it. Do you think a side effect of that could be that the accountancy services will become valued less by the client? You know, if I'm paying, say, uh, what I'm paying my accountant now, if I were to be paying 20% of that, I might start to think of it as more of a disposable service than um, I do at the moment. That's not a perception I've heard voiced before, but it makes sense. I can see why you might think that and why it might happen. The, the alternative view, which is the one that I and many other commentators are encouraging accountants to recognise, is that this is a fantastic opportunity to evolve their services, mm -hmm. to focus on doing what we originally trained and qualified to do, which was to give good business advice, financial advice and business advice, and to deliver a more valuable service to clients. Now, the extent to which business advice would be of value to people like yourself running your own one-person business, if I can put it that sure. way. Yes, there is some advice that could be provided that you would consider to be of value, but is, there's a limit. So accountants will be competing for bigger clients where they can provide more regular strategic business mm -hmm. advice, financial advice. There's software that can produce financial projections and help with budgeting and forecasting that some accountants will be able to focus on helping their clients understand 
in time that software will develop to the stage where you won't need an accountant to help with that so it will be really the strategic business advice and one of the bits of advice I'm giving to accountants is to start thinking now about the new key business skills they will need to develop in order to better promote themselves complete the sale to clients and deliver on that advice to clients because historically a lot of people have gone to an accountant because they needed somebody to help them comply with their legal filing obligations when that's not the primary reason for going to an accountant and paying more than a small fee accountants will need to compete for their for the attention of those prospective clients who do have the income to pay for decent advice accountants haven't had to do that to that extent in the past mm. and that's why i say even though those changes are going to be two three five years away the sooner you start building and developing your key business skills that will enable you to better compete for that work the better because in the future you'll be competing with management consultants, trainers, coaches who also put ports to offer that advice even though they haven't got the accounting financial qualification. So perhaps we could infer that the future of accountancy is uh, a little bit like getting back to, as you said, getting back to your roots in terms of helping people. It, like any other business, it's going to be about people skills. Oh, yes. and no matter the fact that it's based on numbers, I will be coming to my accountant because I trust him and because never mind the fact that my accounting package can probably take care of most of what I need to put so online or that my bank has started allowing me to do invoices straight from my bank account. I have no idea why I'd want to, but that's it's, it's there in the app. But uh, the fact that I need some reassurance, like it's based on trust and then it becomes a people thing rather than a financial, rather than a pure numbers thing. Totally right, Guy. And that is course speaks to will different people find accountancy an attractive career prospect mm. to those who entered accountancy in the past and will those who came into accountancy in the past because it was numerical uh, and more numbers focused or they perceived it was will fewer of them survive into accountancy in the future and I think and I'm sure this has been on your podcast in the past if we look at the 20-something you referenced just now when I turned 20 and you moved into accountancy, in those days the idea was you'd aspire to become a partner in a firm of accountants and you'd stay there the rest of your career. I've worked for six or seven firms over the course of my career. My son who's qualified as an accountant is already in his third or fourth career with the large firm he was with. He may not stay in accountancy or in an accountancy firm over the course of his career because things are evolving. I can see more people who go into accountancy initially, moving out into other careers down the line. And equally, I can see people who've had careers in business moving into accountancy because it will be a people skill that they need to have to give good business advice. They'll need to understand the finances to do it effectively, more so than if they'd have gone into accountancy from the, from the outset. So there'll be career, more career switching in the future than perhaps we've seen in the past. This is really interesting. I suspect we could go on for quite some time, but in the interest of uh, people listening to the end of the show, we'd better not, because uh, then I'll miss my last plug again, which would be <laughs> awful. So um, perhaps we could round off by uh, telling you if you could tell people where people can find out more about you and what you do, and if they want to uh, book Mark Lee, as the email address is, um, if they wanted to book you as a speaker, where do they go? Thanks, Guy. Online everywhere I am, as you say, book Mark Lee, B-O-O-K-M-A-R-K-O-W-E.co.uk is the website, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at Mark Lee Biz, but I tend to think Facebook is more for fun, friends and family than for, for business. Mark Lee, thank you very much indeed for joining me.
and thank you for listening. This is Guy Clapperton, The Near Futurist. See you in two weeks. Bye.